Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Across the Cemetery. Even though it's not this week's episode, it's a special episode. Valentine's Day! My name's Emma, by the way. It's just a strange lady I picked up off the street to talk as well. What's your name? And my name's Josh. Okay, so we thought stop reading my notes. We <laughs> <laughs> We thought well I thought we should do a Valentine's Day themed episode because to keep it festive and that. It's also I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, Josh's birthday Eve on Valentine's Day. You know to say, in case I fucking copyrighted it or something. No, we're just <laughs> in case she didn't want people to know. Anyway, let's get started. I don't know why I took my glasses off because I need them to see. So, Valentine's Day. A day for a day for some that is filled with heart-shaped objects, little babies in nappies, cards, roses, and romance. For others it is filled with dread. This public display of affection causes guts to retch. The obscene amount of pink and red and happy couples makes some shiver in terror. When I asked on Instagram about Valentine's Day horror stories, one of our listeners said that every Valentine's Day is a horror for him. For me, I don't mind it. I actually quite like it. I have gone overboard in the past, but now I just like the acknowledgement with a card and we often cook a nice meal. That being said, can you believe Josh isn't getting me a present this year? You're not getting me a present this year? I am your present. Valentine's Day has not always been met with such positive connotations. The day filled with love is not as lovely as one would think. Of course, now it is primarily a money-grabbing holiday, but I digress. So in the spirit of keeping things festive, Josh, will you be my Valentine? (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, I knew he was going to say that, so let's move on to the reason we're here. So... There's no exact point in history that we can say, oh yeah, that's where Valentine's Day began. However, let's start with ancient Rome. In Rome, each year on February 15th, a pagan festival called Lupercalia is held. Well, was held. Lupercalia was a Roman, bloody, violent and sexual orientated celebration which featured animal sacrifice and matchmaking in order to promote purification and to protect society from infidelity, no, infertility, and evil spirits. Aside from sacrifices and fertility rituals, there was also feasting and all-round debauchery. No one knows exactly how it began or where it came from, but it can be traced back to the 6th century BC and its name derives from the word lupus, which translates to wolf. Lupercalia's history begins with the legend of Romulus and Rius. King Amulus ordered his twins, his twin nephews to be drowned, that's Roman Romulus and Remus, to be drowned in the Tibia River as punishment for their mother breaking a vow of celibacy. A servant placed them in a basket that would aid them down the river rather than drowning, and it is alleged that a river god kept them safe until the basket was caught on the roots of a sacred fig tree. A female wolf found the tree, it found the twins and brought them to her den. She looked after them until a shepherd and his wife found the boys. Remus and Romulus, when they had grown up, named the she-wolf Lupercal, and the den that she had nurtured the children is one of the locations where many Lupercalia festivals took place. Obviously, this is a quick summary, and I've barely scratched the surface with that story, but Roman gods is not really why we're here, is it? 
Now there is a trigger warning for details of animal sacrifice. I'm not going to go in great detail but I know how many people feel about the topic and I feel greatly about it too. I promise I don't go into that much detail but if you want to skip ahead about two to three minutes I don't blame you. So Lupercalia begins, well began, with the sacrifice of a male goat which is a symbol of fertility and sexuality and the sacrifice of a dog which represented the she-wolf. The sacrificing of a dog was rare and allegedly only happened during Lupercalia. So once the animals had been sacrificed, two young priests, which are known as the Luperici, approached the altar and their foreheads were anointed with blood from the ritual knife. They were then wiped clean with wool soaked in milk, and after this they were expected to laugh like, as part of the ceremony. This all sounds really fucked up, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, well, um, but then a sacrificial feast followed and then the goat's hide was cut into strips. And whilst naked or wearing a girdle, the Luperici would use the strips to whip women while parading through the streets of Rome. Priests? Yeah. The young women would line up for this because it was allegedly increased your fertility. So, this Brutal's Festival also included a matchmaking glossary in which men drew names of women from a jar. They were then to be coupled, or coupled in inverted commas, bunny ears. It's a shark. It's <laughs> a fucking ancient love island, eh? <laughs> But then, they, were, they had to be coupled for the whole... Oh my god, yeah, coupled is like a... Yeah. They had to be coupled for the whole of the festival, or even longer, if the match, the match was a success. So what do you think about that festival? Absolute fucking madness. And your birthday. It makes sense, it? <laughs> it explains a lot. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> well, not, certainly not that much, there's no sacrifice involved, there's no fucking pots with names in it. Why are you sacrificing dogs anyway? Uh-huh. Why are they sacrificing dogs and not wolves? Yeah, but they probably couldn't get many wolves, I don't know. I don't know. They could have, it's, it's still not nice to sacrifice wolves. No, not really. Um, okay, so moving on from that. The ancient Romans can also be accountable for the name we give the day of love. So the simple answer is Valentine's Day is named after St. Valentine. Okay. <laughs> but it gets more complicated than that. As it turns out, there are at least three Valentines who were sainted by the Catholic Church. Each one of them has their own group of supporters claiming that they are behind the holiday. So I'm going to talk about three St. Valentines. Okay. The first St. Valentine was a rebel. He defied, he defied a, cr- a decree from the Roman Emperor Claudius II, which said young men were not allowed to be married and had to serve in the military instead. So the Romans believed that men, um, single men were better soldiers because they didn't have to worry about anything at home or they weren't trying to not die because mm. they didn't have like a wife or no, a lover. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but St. Valentine con- continued to marry the lovers in secret. Oh. Um, so the second St. Valentine helped Christian prisoners escape Roman jails until he was caught and imprisoned himself. His last act before death was to miraculously heal the daughter of his jailer, thereby converting the whole family to Christianity. In some versions of the story, St. Valentine II was even in love with the daughter, but their love was tra- tragically cut short. So he, he cost... He got murdered. And then the third St. Valentine was a 
Catholic bishop in Torini. History hasn't remembered much about him and all the stories the stories of all three of these saints have came like together to like make one, really. Okay. Um so I don't know much about the third Valentine. Cause the stories got so confused by because there was that many of them. The Catholic Church removed the St. Valentine's feast day from the, the Christian calendar. So it's still celebrated as St. Valentine's Day, but it's not like it. Although their stories all intertwine, um, there is one unfortunate thing that we can confirm. All three of these men had a common name and they all had a very unromantic twist and all three of them were martyred by beheading by different Roman emperors in some versions of the story. The men were all executed on or nearby 14th of February, but in different years. So, moving on more recently, how we have February 14th and why I mentioned the area festival. So, Pope Galesius I is also said to have integrated things in the 5th century. He combined St. Valentine's Day with Lupercalia to expel the pagan rituals but the festival was more of a theatrical inter- interpretation of what had once been. Somebody wrote that it was more of like a drunken revel, but the Christians put clothes back on it that didn't stop it from being a day of fertility and love. The new holiday quickly spread to all countries that pra- practiced Christianity. Chaucer and Shakespeare also played a part in changing the holiday from a bloody sex festival to a modern love story by writing about it in a sweet, light-hearted way. Christian settlers brought the holiday with them to the New World where it became one of the most popular holidays during the Victorian era. In the 1900s, people began giving one another Valentine's Day cards and Hallmark began offering them in 1913. The tradition has grew from there and today Hallmark estimates that 145 million Valentine's Day cards are exchanged each year. So, before I move on to a Valentine's Day horror story that I have for you, I want to quickly mention the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. The St. Valentine's Day Massacre occurred on February 14th, 1929. Chicago was plagued with gang warfare and Al Capone attempted to control the city and eliminate his rivals of the bootlegging, gambling and prostitution trade. You know, all the good stuff. The violence reached ahead when several men, seven men associated with one of Capone's nemesis, gangster George Bugs Moran, was shot to death by several men dressed as policemen. Their crime remains unsolved and was never officially linked to Capone, but people have their suspicions. Okay then, moving on, I decided to do something different and I was looking to play on the word horror, but a lot of the dating stories that I found were quite sexual orientated or people got roofied and I didn't want to read that to be honest. So I couldn't decide, I found I was looking on No Sleep on Reddit and Creepypasta and I couldn't decide between the few stories that I picked so I've numbered them. I've numbered them one to three, so if it's shite, it's Josh's fault because he's going to pick between the three of them. So don't read the links, but pick a number between one, two, or three. Don't. Number two. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me just click on number two. This is the one that I think I wanted to read the most. You can just sit back and relax if you want, Josh. Okay. <laughs> so, the title is called 
My Town Believes in a Valentine's Day Monster and it is posted by user 02321 a year ago. So we'll probably put this, well we will put it in the link in the bio. So this is taken from the no sleep part of Reddit. Um, I've only just recently gone into the no sleep part and it does say no sleep is a place for Reds to, to share their scary personal experiences. But I've also heard that they're meant to be taken with a pinch of salt, they're not really truthful. But How dare you? For the, the next remainder of this episode, this is truthful and you are very scared. Okay, so like I've just said, this is called My Town Believed in a Valentine's Day Monster. I've been single my entire life. I don't really mind it, it's just how I've always been. And yet, I still buy Valentine's Day candy and a card every year. That simple thing saves my life. I moved to a small town right before starting high school. It was difficult trying to make new friends and adjusting to an entirely new place at the same time. By the time February rolled around, I was finally feeling as if I'd gotten into the groove of things. I had only made a handful of friends and to my shock the first time I was ever asked out on a date was a week before Valentine's Day. I felt awkward going out with a girl who I'd never spoken to before, so I turned her down. She got angry, angry claiming she had other options and was just being nice. That might be the case but her extreme reaction confused me. When I was able to, I asked my friend Travis about it. Travis said, oh yeah, you die if you're single on Valentine's Day. You get your heart ripped out and everything. So find a girlfriend for the day, he explained, and I scoffed at the idea. Come on, you don't expect me to believe that, do you? I asked, thinking he was pulling a joke on the new kid. He acted as if he was just giving me some facts. He looked at me as if I was crazy for not knowing about getting a date or dying. I told him he was crazy, and he just shook his head. It happens every year. Someone gets their heart ripped out. It might not be in this town, but like, it's nearby. And it's always someone who is single. I guess you can risk it, but why? It's just one day, he said, trying to defend his point. This was before everyone had a cell phone in their pocket, so I couldn't look up depths of people missing their hearts right then. I made a note to research it later so I could call him out on his urban legend. I crossed my arms, still not buying what he was saying. That's stupid, are you saying what? Someone knows you're single and they kill you, I pressed. A person doesn't do it, some sort of monster does it. No one has lived after seeing it and people said that they heard drums and they found someone without their heart. Travis was again looking at me as if I should know all this. A Valentine's Day monster, really? Well, Christmas has Santa and there is an Easter Bunny, so why can't Valentine's Day have something? For the next 10 minutes, I roasted his idea and belief in the Valentine's Day monster. At least he could take it all as a joke, even if he did believe the murders were real. He wasn't positive a monster was doing it, but he couldn't offer up any other reason behind the deaths. And he wasn't risking it. He already had a date lined up with a girl he didn't even like. I still thought the entire idea was done. The rest of the school did not cheer my outlook. As the days slowly got closer and closer to the fated day, the students got paired up with each other, some done out of safety, others using the monster as an excuse to finally ask out their crush. I received a few pity offers, but I refused all of them as an act of rebel- 
rebellion against the stupid small towns tradition. I watched everyone started dating in fear of death. The stores sold out of candy and cards pretty quick. Normally everywhere would be flooded with red and pink products. The shelves were barren a few days before the 14th. Now, I refused to accept any offers and I didn't plan on asking someone out either. The school offered me a programme where you could buy sweetheart candies to be delivered to class for a small fee. I didn't mind getting my new friends one each, all while making up silly names to put on the card of who they would receive it from. It was the only thing related to the whole day that I gave into, aside from buying a box of chocolates for myself. The chocolates were just a normal box of assorted types from the grocery store I'd gotten with some, ma- some money made from doing chores. When I bought them, the cashier slapped a heart-shaped sticker on the box without my permission. A small one for someone to write who the box was for. With how crazy this town was over the holiday, I didn't blame her. By the time I'd been so overexposed to anything Valentine related, just seeing the sticker put me off eating the chocolates. I shoved them in my backpack to forget about them until after the 14th was over. I really wished I'd taken the entire thing a bit more seriously. It wasn't until the night before Valentine's Day that I finally looked up the murders, finding them to be true. Dread started to form in my stomach as I scrolled through the library computer after school while waiting for my father to pick me up. I didn't find all the mysterious deaths, but there were enough to make me worried. Three people were found with their hearts missing. The police said that from the state of their bodies, they were killed on Valentine's Day, even though their bodies weren't found right away. An entire town was warning me about this and yet I still sh- I still sat in shock after finding out it was true. My father finally got me from school but told me I needed to walk home the next day. I sat in the car silently debating on what to do. He just chalked up my distressed state as a normal teenage behaviour. I didn't sleep that night. I tried thinking of names of students that might not have a date or while knowing it was useless. But when the clock turned midnight, it was officially the 14th. I nearly had a panic attack, convinced the monster would swoop in to take my heart. The only way I got through the night without a mental breakdown was to shift my train of thought back to what it was before looking up the murders. A Valentine's Day monster was stupid. It wasn't real. Some heartless store manager saw the murders and made up the story to sell more products through fear. That was it. It had to be. I remained awake all night. In the morning, my mother noticed how I looked and offered to let me stay home. I refused, secretly hoping I could find a date if I went to school. The place was abuzz with new couples and gift exchange. As I walked down the hallway, a few students looked at me with pity in their eyes. Most knew my single stance and how I would be the monster's top choice, if it was real. No one went near me that day if they could help it. My few new friends awkwardly tried to find reasons to rush off if I ever tried talking to them. All of them having temporary new girlfriends gave them a good reason to be left out. My candy heart prank wasn't funny. Some thought it was, but I couldn't find the humour in anything that day. Instead, I spent it looking over my shoulder, expecting to hear drums at any second. The final bell rang and Travis was brave enough to walk over to me for a chat. I think he thought this was going to be our last conversation. The idea got him motivated enough to walk over, but not to find the words. Do you uh, want to come over? 
I'm going out today, but maybe we could hang out beforehand. There's a really good show and... He trailed off, feeling awkward. It's fine, I'll just chill at home. My parents are going out and won't be home until after dinner, so I have the entire place to myself. That never happens. They finally think I'm old enough to be trusted alone, I explained, determined to still not believe in this nonsense, even though I was terrified. Travis nodded, looking pale. He wasn't brave enough to press me on hanging out. After all, he was certain I was going to die that night. He didn't want to be around to see it. I'll talk to you tomorrow, I said, and gave him a shaky wave. He gave one back and started to hurry over to his new girlfriend. When you're a teenager, everything is a big deal. As I walked away from school towards home, I felt like I was walking towards my own death. The sky was overcast, it made me feel even more gloomy. I kept mocking myself for my mood as I walked along neighbourhoods that had become familiar to me over the past few months. Finding a small rock, I started to kick it as I walked, trying to take my mind off the fear in my chest. A car started to drive along behind me with such loud music I could hear it thumping through the air. I watched it cruise by, a bit annoyed over the sound. If you're going to blast music, at least play something good and not something that just thudded. As the car kept going down the street, the music went with it, but a hint of the thudding remained. I stopped, confused on why I could still hear the sound if the car was so far. When it finally turned out of sight, I realised that the car wasn't the source of all the noise. My heart started to beat so fast and hard it matched the flooding rhythm that I could swear it was getting closer and closer. I didn't look behind me or even get angry at myself for getting scared, I just ran down the street. I should have run up to one of the houses asking for help. I was so frightened nothing rational came to mind. I ran like crazy all while that beating followed. I wished this was a prank but didn't stop running to find out. My mind was unable to work as my lungs burned from the mad dash. For a moment I thought I was losing whatever chased me. I stumbled, nearly falling over a crooked sidewalk square in front of my house. I couldn't tell how close the thumping sound was over my own heart. Sweat poured down my face and I felt faint. I slammed onto my front door, banging on it before I remembered my parents were out. I nearly screamed in frustration. The door was locked and my keys were buried under my books inside my backpack. The thudding sound was all I heard. It was so close it rumbled in my chest. My hands shook as I fumbled to get the zipper open of my bag. I was scared to death and I couldn't keep my eyes open. Squeezing them shut, I felt around in my bag for my key. My hand brushed against it with a puff of wind came to my face. I smelt something sweet and then the wind came again. To my horror, my mind clued into the fact that it wasn't the wind, but it was something breathing on my face. It was too late. Even if I got my key, I couldn't unlock the door before whatever brought the heart-thumping sound took my heart too. I refused to open my eyes to see the monster I now knew to be real. I love the sound of your heart. It's a shame it's alone. Let me add it to the others. The voice that spoke wasn't some prank. It was twisted and beyond anything a human could make. My mind was racing. I felt a sharp tip of a claw poke my chest, leaving a small cut through my shirt. A cruel laugh came as I whimpered in fear. With my hand still in my backpack, I felt something that was not my books or my house key. A crazy idea came to mind. 
It was either that or death, so I grabbed hold of the only thing I could think of. Yanking the box of chocolates from my bag, I held it out to the monster I still refused to see. My voice strained and shaking, I asked it a question I prayed would save my life. Will you be my Valentine this year? My heart nearly beat out of my chest, opening my eyes a crack. I could see the box in my hand, but not the creature that had brought along countless heartbeats that mixed in with my own. I should have died, instead of clawing out my heart, the twisted hand with razor-sharp nails reached out and took the box. I forced my eyes shut, my entire body shaking. Something brushed my face, causing me to tense up so much it hurt. The clawed finger brushed some hair from my face with another cruel laugh. What a cute child you are. I'll accept this gift this year, but someday I'll be back to claim your heart. I bit down on my tongue, trying not to scream at the horrible voice. With one final laugh that rattled my bones, the flooding stopped. It took me forever before I gathered up the courage to open my eyes. Nothing was on the front step. I was alone. If it wasn't for the rip in my shirt, I would have thought the whole thing came about due to stress and lack of sleep. I didn't tell anyone what happened. I mean, who would believe me? I went to school for the first half of the day on the 15th. I had barely slept for two days and I needed to take the rest of the day off, but I didn't want my friends to think I died. All of them looked shocked to see that I had lived. I said I just got lucky. The school moved on. The short-lived relationships caused by that day fizzled out. As time crept along, I started to dread knowing Valentine's Day was coming yet again. I bought more candy, roses and a card, expecting a visit from a monster. I should have just gone along and dated someone, but somehow the idea of it was more stressful than dealing with a monster. I anticipated and feared Valentine's Day, only to have nothing happen. Nothing happens beside the fact that the gifts I addressed to the creature go missing overnight. As the years carried on, I kept buying different gifts with the same result. As I've gotten older, I've heard these terrible heartbeats faintly on Valentine's Day. Each year the sound gets louder. I think this year is finally going to be when that monster shows itself. Again, just asking someone out may save my life. But I think if the monster does show up, I'll ask it the question yet again but this time I will keep my eyes open. I think this year might be the year you finally go on a date with this monster. Seems to be accepting your gifts every year. I know, maybe the monster's just lonely. Maybe. It sounds like a sort of Grim Reaper type yeah. figure. You know who I think of when I was reading it? Like the first time I read it, I thought of a honey monster, but pink. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, Why pink? Valentine's Day, pink red. Hmm. I mean, more power to than buying their own sweets and candy. Could just buy it the next day, it's cheaper. But then it saves your life, I guess. Yeah, I'd rather save my own life by buying it. Why can't you just ask someone out? It could just be a friend. You I just... don't think. It might be a lady, but why can't that lady just ask someone out? You could just ask a friend out to the pictures or something. Hmm. But yeah. Have you got anything to say about Valentine's Day? See, I'm, I'm always indifferent about it. It's always been the day before my birthday. A, a, a mere inconvenience. Cheeky. You get Halloween. 
Yeah, I get Halloween, but it's not the day before my birthday. Yeah, so you get a month. I get two days. You could have a month if you wanted to. You just don't celebrate your birthday. And even if it did, my month, it would be shorter than yours. Haha, <laughs> that's what you get. Yeah. You were late anyway, your mum said. Not by 15 days. 10. Exactly, so it's all in February. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, did you enjoy that story, or what do you think about it? Yeah, it sounds like they got into a relationship with a demon or the Grim Reaper. Do you think it was a real story? Um, no. Do not? No, <laughs> I, th- I think what it was is very clever. I think it was a metaphor for the high school, modern day peer pressure. That you've got to be with someone on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah. The societal pressure of it. I don't. I don't think it was a real story. No. Neither do I. It was very well written. It was very good. It was very well written. Um, I think in in, like Valentine's Day here in Liverpool, in not just in Liverpool, in England, um, it always seems to fall on half term, doesn't it? So you're normally off school that day. Hmm. So we don't really have the pressure of it. But now more it's like the pressure on Instagram people put like balloon arches and Yeah, there's some content you buy bought a fucking Rolls Royce for the fucking partner or something. Yeah, you're not getting a Rolls Royce off me. Wrap it up in a big fucking present like a dickhead. <laughs> um What's a cunt? Oh. It's meant to be a love day and you just said the C word. Well in between recording this, I've said it at least ten times to fucking Loki. Well, Fifi sat here now in between us pairing, like, we're the best things ever, but she was just, like, hissing about 20 minutes ago. Yeah. At least we feel like it's Valentine's Day. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll see how she feels on the day. She'll take our heart like the love monsters it. <laughs> That's why we have to buy Shiva. <laughs> just fucking loads and loads of Shiva. That's how we appease feeling that if we don't get a Shiva, she just kills us. With holy water and oven gloves. <laughs> Wow. Like oven gloves so she doesn't scratch you and you're like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck are you on about? <laughs> anyway, we hope you enjoyed our episode about Valentine's Day. We hope you have a nice Valentine's Day if you do celebrate it. We're going to have Sam and Wellington on Valentine's Day and a bottle of rosé, aren't we? Yes. And we're going to have Colin. We've got little individual Colin the Caterpillar Cakes with hearts on. Well, I don't know if I actually get any. Oh, yeah. So, Josh, um, this was on a tangent, but every year, well, not every year, but Josh has had a Colin the Caterpillar... <laughs> Colin? No, Colin. Josh has had a Colin the Caterpillar cake bought for him about five times, and each time someone either eats it ravishly with their hands, someone just takes one slice and it ends up being the whole cake. Or when I came home from the shop with it yesterday, I dropped it. <laughs> yeah, so as a surprise, <laughs> surprise, Josh, here's your birthday cake. I had to take Emma to the shop to buy it. I she can't drive. Me, she made me stand in a different aisle while she got it, but then took me to the till with her to get it. I paid for it. Yeah, but then we, then we got home and you just dropped it on the floor outside the car. <laughs> you say, yeah, here you go, here's your fucking cake. But no, you're not having it. You can't have it and eat it. You've got mini ones that you can eat. Yeah, yeah, so far. I'm going to go to work tomorrow, come home, and they'll be all gone or something. <laughs> Probably. I've been eyeing them up. Yeah. Thought as much. There's five. Okay. Yeah, so we hope you have a lovely Valentine's Day, and Josh's birthday's the next day, so it's only Josh. we only celebrate Josh's birthday, really. Um, yeah. Happy St. Josh Day. Happy St. Valentine's Day. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> 
and we hope love is in the air. If not, we hope that it goes really quickly and you don't feel sad. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any tales of your own about Valentine's Day, you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us by email at acrossthecemetery at gmail.com. We're on social media. We're on Twitter at AXCemetery, TikTok at AXCemetery, and Instagram at acrossthecemetery. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard, give us a review. We much appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. But the young women would line up for this. Fuck off. The cats are just fighting. <laughs>